Hello, my friends, and welcome to this week's New World Kirtan podcast. It's Valentine's Day, Saturday, February 14th, 2015. I'm Kitsy Stern, and our show is produced as an act of love and service to the worldwide Kirtan community. It's also an audio journal of my spiritual journey through the practice of singing and playing Kirtan. So I'm still living the story of the epic back spasm. It's much better than it was. I can drive and I can get around again. But the pain returns to wake me up at night, and sleep deprivation is becoming a real problem. I know this pain is staying around to remind me how important it is for me to do this work. I feel like I'm coming back from a journey into the wilderness with new tools that can help not only me, but perhaps some of you who are listening who suffer from chronic pain. Some of you know that I also have pain in my body from fibromyalgia, and so these treasures will help me well beyond the time this spasm is finally gone. Several of you have written to me telling your own struggles with pain and have suggested several things to help with this. I'm still working with Dr. John Sarno's book, and one of you kindly recommended a book called Back in Control, which has been incredibly helpful. Thank you. I've also discovered EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique, or tapping. It's a simple technique, and it's delivering profound results. I'll have a podcast soon with all these different resources and a set of the chants that have been healing during this time. Now for some business. I'd like to thank you so much if you've made a donation or bought music through our iTunes widget, and if you've purchased instruments through Old Delhi Music or music from White Swan Records. Doing this shows your support for the podcast to me and to our sponsors, and it's really appreciated. We have a lot of great stuff coming up, like Chantlanta less than a month away on the weekend of March 6th. We'll be live streaming Chantlanta from the New World Kirtan website, and this time we'll have cameras. Hugh Dost is headlining, and there are a lot of other great bands playing. I'll be telling you more about that soon. For this week's set, I thought you might like to hear a set from a a typical Friday night kirtan meditation circle. This is something new we're doing at our local Unitarian Church, and we have about 30 to 35 people showing up weekly for these. Usually, we start with Om, and then a chant or two. Last week, it was Narayani Om. Our band just learned it, and I wanted to play Ado and Joe's version for the group so they could learn it before the live kirtan on Sunday. The lecture is an excerpt from one Krishna Das gave at Bhakti Fest in 2013, followed by his Baba Hanuman. Our band covers this too, so the group was familiar with it. You'll also learn about the mantra Om Mane Padme Hum from Deva and Miten's 21-day mantra meditation. Girish is coming to Corvallis on March 1st, and so I wanted to play something by him. So Diamonds in the Sun rounds out the set. The playlist for each show is always at the New World Kirtan website, and you can also buy the chants there if you really like one that you hear. I'll continue the story of this healing journey in the next podcast. Meanwhile, imagine it's Friday night and you're in Corvallis, Oregon, listening to the rain in a candlelit room filled with beautiful souls. Have a wonderful Valentine's Day, my friends, and until next time, namaste.
Thank you. 
I'm not really even sure how to follow that. Um, hi, how hey. are you? Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Um, I, I, I like really don't even know how to follow that. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I have a, um, uh, I have a rather unhealthy interest mm -hmm. in um, addiction and sobriety and recovery. Okay. And I know you have a little experience with some of those things. Um, could you talk a little bit about your path and the parallels that you see? If you feel comfortable. I mean, it's a with, very... with chemicals? Yeah. It's a big subject, you know. I was just called a gateway drug last night for the first time. <laughs> Guess it's only natural, eh? I don't know, you know, everybody wants love. Everybody wants the same thing. Why some people have such self-hatred that they don't let themselves live, right? There's no easy explanation for any of that, you know. Um, I don't know why I hated myself so much, uh, but I did. I just, I couldn't, I just was in such agony all the time, like I was burning, you know. And, um, But I managed to avoid most of the dangerous drugs until very late in life, and long after coming back from India, you know, meeting Maharaji and all this, way after that, that's when I got stupid. And I started doing freebase cocaine. One hit on the pipe, and I was completely addicted. My friends said they never had seen anybody go down so fast. And that was that. For the next year and a half, that's all I did. But, and, and I was going down. There was no possibility I was going to be able to get out of that myself. But Mr. Tiwari, who was a great devotee of Maharaji's and was like my Indian father, you know, especially after Maharaji died, the Tiwari family took me in and kept me from falling apart every day. He came to the States to see me, to, to visit the Western devotees. And... He came, first he came to Canada, and he was up in Canada visiting some, some of those people. And I had flown to New York the night before, and then the next day I was going to go up and see him. So I stayed in my father's apartment that night, and he went to sleep, and I spent the rest of the night smoking freebase. Then I got out of the house, got on a plane, and went up to see him. When I walked in the room where he was sitting, he had his back towards me, right? I walked in the room, I felt this, it was like walking into like a force field, right? And I went, what is, and I started to back out of the room, really, I didn't even know what was, I just, and he turned, he had been looking the other way, he turned and he pointed, and he said, you, promise me now you'll give up cocaine, promise me now, like that. I love this guy more than I love my own life. He was the greatest friend I ever had in the world. So I just looked at him and I said, okay. From that moment on, cocaine and shit. Pretty much the same. This is just grace. Just grace. I don't know. Really, I don't know what would have happened to me because I, was, I wasn't going to make it. But you know how many times in my life I, I wasn't going to make it? <laughs> and here I am, so who the hell knows what's going on? So what can you do? You can just love someone and do whatever you can, whatever you feel like doing for them. You know, once I had a friend who OD'd on speedballs, and everybody knew she was going down, but nobody was able to, because she was manipulating everybody. So she would show only this to this person, this to this person. So all the circle of friends didn't really see what was happening. And when she died, everybody went, oh. If we had known, we would have knocked her out, thrown her in a room, 
until she physically detoxed. And then what more can you do? You can just do that, you know. I, a lot of times people go through it and they come out, you know, they do. Many people come out. Even I got tired of self-abuse. So, that makes it pretty much possible for anybody. <laughs> Because, did you hear the question? It, it, she said, it seems like sitting at the feet of the guru became an addiction. For me, I was, yes, I was emotionally attached to Maharaji's body. He wasn't emotionally attached to my body, he just split. <laughs> he just walked off the fucking stage and didn't say goodbye. That screwed me up completely. But that was my stuff. And that was all set up that way so that I would, I had to process the stuff myself. I had to decide I wanted to live. I had to decide I wanted to be happy and I had to decide to do something about it. Nobody could do that for me. I had to want it. He couldn't want it for me. And this happened for me in 1994, 21 years after he died. I was in my room in, in the city. I had an apartment in New York City. And I was standing there one day and I was very, very bad state, very depressed, very dark. But I walked into the living room and all of a sudden I was struck like a lightning bolt with the understanding that if I did not start singing with people, and it was very much with people, that's the weird thing. Not that you're weird, but you know. <laughs> But look around, you know. <laughs> if I did not start singing with people, I would never be able to clean out the dark shadows in my own heart. This was the only thing that I could do to help myself. It took me a while to get with the program. I didn't want to do it. I was scared. I was... I didn't... I, I didn't want to come out of the kirtan closet. <laughs> I had been singing, you know, in India, and afterwards I sang around with friends a little bit, but just like you point out, in those days it was like rubbing salt in a wound. I would cry, but they were all, it was all bullshit, it was all self-pity. And it wasn't until I started singing in 94, after that experience, that the singing changed the actual practice changed inside of me. So, but yeah, for me, on one level, there was very much emotional addiction to, to the physical body of the guru. But that's not the guru. Guru is not a physical body. The guru is the love, and the love is everywhere all the time. The love is in our own hearts, but we don't want to look there, and we don't know how to look there. Nobody told us how to look there. And even if they told us to look there, we don't know how to do it. But that's what practice does. It turns us into our own, it moves us more deeply into our own hearts.
Mama, Mama, Mama. 
Namaste. Namaste. Welcome to session 19. And we will continue with the quality of compassion today with the mantra Om Mani Padme Hum, which is maybe one of the most famous mantras. Om Mani Padme Hum means praise to the jewel in the lotus. Mani is the jewel, Padma is the lotus. Lotus is a symbol of wisdom. This is a mantra that's dedicated to Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva of compassion. And his name is Chen Resik in Tibetan. This is maybe the most widely chanted mantra by the Tibetan Buddhists. It is printed on the prayer flags. It is on the prayer wheels. And we'd like to share with you a translation by His Holiness the Dalai Lama on this very potent mantra. It is very good to recite the mantra Om Mani Padme Hum, but while you're doing it, you should be thinking of its meaning, for the meaning of the six syllables is great and vast. The first Om symbolizes the practitioner's impure body, speech and mind. It also symbolizes the pure, exalted body, speech and mind of a Buddha. The path is indicated by the next four syllables, mani, meaning jewel, symbolizes the altruistic intention to become enlightened, compassionate and loving. The two syllables padme, meaning lotus, symbolize wisdom. Purity must be achieved by an indivisible unity of method and wisdom, symbolized by the final syllable hum, which indicates indivisibility. Thus, the six syllables, Om Mani Padme Hum, mean that in dependence on the practice of a path, which is an indivisible union of method and wisdom, you can transform your impure body, speech and mind into the pure, exalted body, speech and mind of a Buddha. We will chant the Tibetan Buddhist version, which has the pronunciation Om Mani Padme Hum, together with the Guto monks. Again, they will start the chanting with an invocation and then we can join them with a 108 repetition of the mantra, Om Mani Peme Hum. So let's close our eyes and let the Guto monks take us on a journey into compassion, compassion and enlightenment. Again, focusing on our heart center center of love and compassion. And straightening our spine, if we can. And taking a deep breath. Realizing that the practice itself is the goal. So the more joy we can put into the practice itself. The more joy we receive. Om Mani Padme Hum. Oh, my. 
taking a moment to continue our contemplation on compassion. And maybe that gives us inspiration to an act of compassion we could be sharing today. Something that we've been holding back with, maybe out of shyness or lack of time 
or lack of attention. Compassion that arises out of a feeling of oneness, of one human family, brothers and sisters, helping each other on the path. looking out for each other, caring for each other, supporting each other. In the spirit, enjoy the rest of your day and see you again tomorrow. Namaste. Namaste.
está Sukino Bavantu Loka Sumasta Sukino Bavantu Loka Sumasta Sukino Bavantu Loka Samasta Sukino Bavantu Look 